This is wild. Thank you. So the last episode we did was in, in December. It was like on my birthday of 2021. I don't even, I have no conception of that. When that no, was. wait, no. There is no 2020. Class. No, because 2021 just happened. Oh my God. I have to go back even further. 2020. December 31st, 2020. No, it hasn't been two years since we released. Oh no, but your birthday's at the end of the exactly. year. Exactly. So you're right. It hasn't been two years. It's been a little more over, oh, a little my. over a year. And that was totally intentional. 100%. That was the plan from that was the beginning. A planned hiatus. Yes, when we when we like mapped out this entire podcast into this. Yeah, you know, back in 2014, we were like, yeah, from 2020, the very end of 2020 to mid 2022, we're definitely going to take a hiatus. Exactly, and and it wasn't a hiatus so much as it was an intentional pause. It was more of a low hiatus. It, a low hiatus. It was definitely a low hiatus. Yeah, um, no big deal. Just pandemic, um, invasions, convoys. I like to call it the fundemic because I don't know about anybody else, but I've been having an awesome time. I have not been having an awesome time. It's been terrible. What are you talking about? No, no, it's all, it's all, uh, I manifested it to be great. Oh, I see. we're lying to posterity. Yeah, 100%. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, I create my own reality. Best times, 20s, roaring yeah. 20s, loving it. The roaring 20s. <laughs> yeah, this is, the Roaring Twenties is me just walking outside onto my balcony and screaming. <laughs> the Roaring Twenties. Stop honking your fucking heart. <laughs> we hate you. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I think uh, I think we're jumping in. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with a great thing. Do we usually introduce ourselves? Tansay. Uh, uh and welcome <laughs> back to Orkamsu Squawa Kitsigizaguk, Metis in Space, 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 Space. space. Uh, Molly Swain, if you have forgotten, Nitsigason. Chelsea Val, I have forgotten, Nitsigason. I, uh, man, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're not from Otusagayagang. No, I, I, I'm from Otusagayagang. Otusagayagang. Nito Tsen. Mantusagayagang. Kito Tsen. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. We get it. We're going to do the rest in Cree. Yeah. That way, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't. Do wah, it. Wah. Oh wow! So okay, so we're we're rusty, we're crusty, <laughs> and we're definitely dusty, and we're and we're busty, <laughs> and we're real busty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so do we do we introduce the wine or the show first? I always forget. Uh, let's well, let's talk about the wine. Okay, it's been it's been a while, my it's my friends. Been a wine. Like <laughs> Uh, okay, so we found this, like, amazing, we went to the fancy wine store mm-hmm. in the rich neighborhood because this was a special occasion, and we got the Hihi Telkin Indigenous World Red. Red, red, uh, red. There's a beautiful label that has a beautiful stag standing on its hind legs with a huge rack of <laughs> antlers. Doing something with Not a Not unlike us. <laughs> yeah, this, this, uh... 
You could say that this tag's pretty busty himself. Uh, on the back, uh, we got 2018 Hihi Telkin, British Columbia. Hihi Telkin is an Okanagan seal name describing an elusive high country stag with large antlers. This alpine stag is mystical and rarely seen. This release of Hihi Telkin is an extraordinary blend of Cabernet Franc Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon aged with a combination of French and American oak. Yeah, so it's like wow. international oak there we go. situation. This wine features pronounced notes. Uh, you'll have to let me know if this is yeah. true. Uh, blackberry, mm-hmm. cassis, Ooh. and black pepper with a soft finish of almond and spice. Mm. It's an excellent wine to enjoy, whether hunting for elk or just hunting for your next great outfit. I okay. That I is. That, don't think that's I would drink. I don't. I don't think I would drink wine to hunt. I think that would be a very bad idea. But I. I like. I like the alternative be, offered. Well, no, it's it's well during. Okay. Oh, I was, so you're like sitting there and you're like waiting, and you're a little bored. I don't know. I don't know. I've never met a hunter who drinks on the job. I feel like I get better at pool when I've had a little to drink you and know, fishing to an and fishing. Yeah. So maybe you know maybe there is sort of a level at which you you know Perhaps. improve your hunting. Uh, I'm not going to test that theory. No, no. Um, but oh, I, I gotta say, like I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't drank a lot. I, I tried to develop a bit of a drinking habit over the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I have been unsuccessful. Um, so I haven't had wine for a while, but I got, this is pretty good. I, I like it. Yeah. I don't quite get the soft almond finish. But no, no, but it's tasty. Yeah. Um, would drink again. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Plus it's just a really beautiful label. Yeah, it is. Anywho. Yeah. Little I, busty stag doing whatever <laughs> he's doing with that, that, what I presume to be a wine barrel. Yeah. He looks like he's, it's, he's pressing it. So he's actually, he's okay. making, he's, he's oh, making so the wine. Oh, so the stag made this wine for yeah, us. Thank you. Wow. Hi, hi. See, indigenous wines really do go the extra mile. It is true. It is true. Our 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 mystical stags will make wine pour vous. Um, okay, so we decided to come back strong watching My Little Pony, uh, Friendship is Magic. Yep. See, uh, <laughs> should we talk a little bit about My Little Pony? Because it is it is a show... It's chaotic. It is so... Well, I, I, I think it's sort of like... It, it fits into the disjointed and shortened attention span of so, young children. Of young children, and frankly, and adults. also their like complete. Uh, I don't want to say disconnection from reality, but their their very different understanding of how reality functions. Okay, but here's here's the thing. Here's what I I don't understand. Then is like so everybody knows about bronies, right? And the way that this yes, like really that was really all I knew about this show, for right? The longest time, right? Because this was this was like My Little Pony started out basically as like an ad for toys in the eighties, as as many okay. like as many com- uh, like as many cartoons did. Like they were mm-hmm. basically just like um, yeah, they were all ads for toys. And so, you know, I remember watching it when I was a kid, but this is like the new, uh, the newer version or whatever. This was in 2018. But uh, just the fact that like, this is, this is clearly made for children. It is intended for children. And you had this like toxic stew of like men who invaded that space, claimed it for their own and deliberately went about to make that space unsafe for children. And, and, and basically like putting the onus on safety on the parents of the children Rather than recognizing that what they were doing was they could incredibly be just like abusive human beings, yeah, and and just like and now here we are, however many years later, with a fucking convoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, exactly. It's that kind of like sense of of entitlement, but also just like I think points to something that I've been thinking about a lot deeply. Um, it's always I've uh, it's always been sort of there in the back of my mind, but just like how deeply this society hates, hates children. children. Yeah, like hates it's, I, children. Like I'm starting to realize that like, um, not just like acknowledging it 
not not just thinking about it, but just like recognizing how deep that goes and, and how it leads to so many of the sort of toxic behaviors and traumas that people experience now. And and we we don't address it. We no, we like it's it's so not only is it normalized, it's low key celebrated. Oh, hundred like, percent. There is no way you could have cops in schools unless you hate children. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that is. Hate, fear, loathe, um, are 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 like low key terrified of. Like I you know think about how many um, horror plots revolve around a possessed child or or, or children yeah, who are or like children evil. as like not quite human. Right. Yeah. Like, that's also really what it boils down to yeah. is like. Like socially, but also like politically and, and legally, yeah, like children absolutely. are not people, right? I mean, the the shift they from, lack human rights, right? And the shift from children, like in a Western paradigm, the shift from children as like straight up property to yeah. to minors, the concept of still being like uh, of being human, but but be, being less human yes. until it, like whatever weird arbitrary age, and it, it it just like blows my mind. And so we see like we see that play out in so many different ways, but like. I, you know, we can't, we can't look at like the bronies as something that is separate from that wider culture of hating children. children. Yeah. And it's really something that I'm starting to realize as I get older, uh, like we have to deal with because it it just excuses, it excuses all manner of abuse against the most vulnerable people in, in our species and the way that we raise children to, uh, learn how to justify that abuse against other children and then against other human beings yeah as they grow right like that's part of only that, becoming an adult you know like the the sort of the hatred of children also like i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't say i know whether it stems from a broader mm-hmm. hatred of women in particular mm-hmm. or if it feeds into and supports you know right. social hatred of women but you know just the absolute lack especially these days and especially in alberta of mm-hmm. supports for parents and particularly right. for mothers yeah you know, yeah. around everything from childcare to educational supports, uh, EAs, right? Like, yeah. can we cut all the EAs? Yeah. Can we cut yeah, yeah. so much programming and funding? Uh, you know, childcare just still continues to remain completely out of the realm of possibility for yeah. so many people, right? Facilitates not only sort of, you know, just like real, you know, disadvantages mm-hmm. for children who are not sort of like white in the upper middle class, but also facilitates uh, their abuse. And and what's the end game there? Right? Because we all we all were children at one point and we all like struggle to be functioning adults and you know so many people out there are sort of are, are prevented from achieving what they could because of their own traumas that that are from childhood, right? So like what's the end game of isolating families into these like really artificial um, solitary units where one parent, usually the like the the female parent um, or like, you know, female presenting parent is the one who is like supposed to do all of the work with no support. Um, and then, you know, they themselves don't have, uh, the ability to check their own emotions and be a good parent because you can't without those supports. So what, what is, what is our end game as a society is like raise a bunch of sociopaths or thinking back to what you were saying about sort of the origins of the, my little pony show Mm -hmm. to create demographics to market to. Yeah, honestly. Right. Because like the more that you cut, um, social supports, the more people are going to look for private, private supports, right? So like, and you saw this really starkly, um, during, like at, at the very beginning of the pandemic and it's continued, but, um, people, because kids weren't in school. So people with means were hiring tutors, whether it was online or not, um, you know, uh, like the, the kinds of interventions that their children needed became so divided on a class base, 
yeah. you know, like all, already deep divides there, but like so deep. And, and I think just because we're all undergoing and still undergoing collective trauma that we're not even going to grapple with it. We're not even going to address it. Pandemic latchkey childhood, you know, the additional pressures faced by families, you know, like what we've been hearing is it sucks that there are all the, these additional pressures faced by families, but there has been no mobilization to push. actually deal with the, it. Actually, yeah. the biggest push that I've seen in Alberta is against Kenny's education curriculum, yes. which is amazing to see. I'm so happy to see it because that curriculum is a nightmare. Oh my gosh. But, and I, and I'm did so much work that was done in community. Like people, yes. people like so many people in community um, put in their time, consulted on that. You know, they hired a bunch of uh, First Nations, Métis, Inuit people to like engage in that curriculum reform and then just threw it out the window. My favorite is uh, apparently, I think it's like, I can't remember if it's what grade it is, but they want some elementary school grade to try to uh, trace the route the Métis would have taken from, I think it's like Regina to Duck Lake on the on an Alberta map. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's so funny. I don't understand. Wild. Um, okay, and so this brings me to, like, so over over the period of time, I so for me, having my kids home mm. uh, has been incredibly stressful, but I have a, I have a partner who uh, wasn't working, was able to take care of them anyway. So that, for me, that, like, totally set me apart from a lot of families where that wasn't possible. And so in a way it was like the maternity leave I didn't get with them. Cause I just, I, I didn't have a position where I got uh, mat leave with them really. Um, and so it, in, in one way that's been really nice. And as a result of this, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of kids music. And so I have, have come to like really have a deep appreciation for kids music that I didn't have when I was growing up because I've told you this before, but my Rappy. parents, yeah, my parents were kind of weird about, things and like really kind of without knowing maybe impose their opinions on me so they were really like they thought that like children performers were weird and so they kind of like I don't know made it weird for me and so I didn't listen to these people I, I was like uh, you know um listen to Frank Zappa instead which like it's not terrible yeah, yeah yeah but still um so I'm like listening to the Wiggles and listening to Raffi and like weeping openly like because their message is so beautiful like Raffi has this like um you know he's the baby beluga song but he did like a, a 40th anniversary of it and at the end he's like sort of riffing off it and he's talking about like child honoring and like diversity and like blah 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 and I was like what and uh like and uh it's like environmental justice and all this stuff and I was like oh my god this is so like wow and I went and looked Rafi up on the internet and he has a he has like a society for child honoring and he's got like these covenants that like outline what child honoring is and it's like so deeply in tune with like indigenous child rearing because yeah. like if you've ever read a colonizer take on how indigenous peoples whether they're Maori whether they're like you know Cree or whatever they they write about how children they not deal yeah they were like they're nobody nobody um disciplines them they don't yeah. even these kids are voices. getting hit enough yeah <laughs> they are beating their children yeah you know and they're just their aghast. kids get to do whatever they want like this society clearly can't function because mm -hmm. the children are growing up healthy and well adjusted right and they they could like how worked do you have to be to look at that and see it as a deficit see it as a bad thing right and so you have this like revolutionary concept of child honoring and go take a look at it it's really cool because it's not just like be nice to children it like includes things like environmental justice like it includes a whole bunch of things like it's very holistic and and again like um i'm not saying like he 
he took this from indigenous peoples and is appropriating it, but rather like it fits, it fits with like traditional child rearing practices as being beyond the nuclear family. And I mean, I, I would say that's true for like all of human beings, like mm. as a species, we're not intended to be doing it this way. Anyway, so I, I go look that up and I was just like, how did I not know about this? Like these pure beautiful people and like nobody tell me anything bad nobody tell me anything no. bad about these people no that's just like raffi i don't need to know anything about, nope. about raffi i don't need to know anything bad about uh oh, shit, the wiggles um who, or who are you thinking of no who um oh my god why can't i remember his name great show when i was a kid uh he loves Love Your Neighbor was like oh, the big yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Oh, thank okay, you. yeah. They're, my parents ruined Mr. Rogers for me. Mr. Rogers is an angel. They were and like, I will fight anybody. I, I agree. Like, okay, anyway, I'm not going to. Geez, mom, dad, way to ruin it for me. But, like, they had some weird opinions <laughs> about Mom and it. dad ruined my love of Mr. Rogers. Yeah, no. But anyway. Anyway, so all of this is to say. Actually, I think, actually, one more thing that I do want to comment about the pandemic is, like, the pandemic could have been a really amazing opportunity for people to come together. But because yeah. of the way that we're all already so isolated from yeah. one another, like, I feel like you and I have seen each other less. Absolutely. Which is mind Which we should have been able to see each other more. Except right? that, like, you know, for the longest time, you know, we, like you're under 18 mm -hmm. as they were at the time like couldn't get vaccinated right. and of course you're like your little ones yeah, couldn't get vaccinated paranoid. so like I was so nervous about bringing something that I yeah. picked up like god knows where you know like going to the grocery no, store exactly. or, like you know I was barely leaving my house but yeah. I was still you know stressed out because we weren't part of the same hospital yeah. anymore yeah and so it like created this environment where we, we could have come together mm -hmm. because we're just like by the simple fact that we now live in different houses yeah we were became increasingly isolated, and it's wild. And eh? that's, but I, I think that's very interesting to think about in terms of like living spaces too. About like even you know, uh, yeah, I had this dream. I was like, oh yeah, Molly, you can buy the house across the street or whatever. Every time a house goes on sale in the neighborhood, but you're right. Even you know, even in that case, like even if you're like living literally living in the same space, it's still not communal living. Like we don't, we no longer have those spaces of, of communal mm -hmm. living where you like, you, you do have your, like, I, I see it as like prairie autonomy, right? Like you have your own space to retreat to, but you have communal spaces where you can interact with people when you choose. And that kind of living is like, it, it just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, there might be a, like a few outliers, but like, well, certainly me, not in the city. No. And, and to me, like building stuff like that, like before I was, uh, you know, I know a lot of us do this. A lot of us like dream of like, winning the lottery and building like um, some sort of communal housing for us and all our buds. Right. And it's, it's the dream, but very, we can't do it because we're, we're all hustling and trying to survive. But like after, after all of this and realizing how, um, how much I need people in real life, like not just online and how much we all need that support. Like I, all I can, I'm obsessed with how we need to change the way that we live and how like, all these needs that we're expressing about child rearing, whether or not you have kids, because mm -hmm. like you live in a society with kids, you don't get to just be like, well, I, I choose not to recognize that there are children around me. I don't want anything to do with it. Like, yeah, yeah. That to me, that's yeah. fucked up. I am so that whole, and I think it's becoming less of a thing. Thank God. But that whole thing for a while where people are like, I hate children mm -hmm. was absolutely going to send me over the edge. Right. It's fine to like, like, and I get it that it's a pushback against the the sort of, like, demand that you have children, that you yeah. procreate, that you're not a person unless you do it. reproduction. Right. Yeah. And which is fine. Like, not, nobody should be forced to have kids. Um, a lot of people have kids who shouldn't have kids. Again, that is very much also, an, a, like, a function of the of the isolation we experience. Like, yeah. people who are who's struggling yeah. to raise their children because they don't have the supports 
um, yeah. you know, that's but, built but to in. to me, like, as somebody who does not have children, mm-hmm. that, to me, like, makes it even more essential that as a childless person, I am available for the people that I know who do have children mm-hmm. to do what I can as somebody who has more time, more energy, often more, mm-hmm. you know, resources. <laughs> yeah. Like, to me, like, it is sort of, it's a part of my responsibility as somebody who doesn't have children to be able to be there in the ways that I can for people that do. And this, like, idea that just because you choose yourself as a personal decision not to have kids, that somehow, like, separates you from the rest of the world and from this entire population of, like, young people that would really benefit from having you in their lives. And then all of the people around those young people who are working to, like you know, create spaces for them to grow up happy and healthy. Like that is a responsibility that we have to each other. And also a joy. Like this is the thing that I 100%. think gets lost. Is Kids that are people, fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I get, I get that some folks have like, like trauma around, um, the, even the idea of having children. And, and mm-hmm. like, I would say like that trauma is not, it's, it's not children's fault that you have that trauma. Like no. that trauma is caused by all these kinds of things that we're talking about. Right. And like, and, and the thing is, is that we, we sort of look at, at children as being a burden because in today's society they are they absolutely are they they suck your your time and energy um because you were expected to pour all of that and you were never a good parent like there's no such thing as a good parent and then as a childless person you have no expectations to contribute to child rearing yeah yeah which feeds into parents and caregivers having like being completely burnt out right there are way more equitable ways of sharing this yeah and just because like and, it, you know, and it also feeds back to this idea that ch- children are your property. This idea that I'm not responsible for children because they're not, quote unquote, my children. Yeah. No, they're children in my life. They're children in my community. And I have as much responsibility towards them. And it's a different kind of responsibility. Yeah. But I have as much responsibility towards them as I do to other community members. Yeah. Right? And, and that's how community works is we do stuff for one another. And when children, like, their reciprocation isn't like, you know, like, I babysit you. Now you're going to come over and build my fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like... You are a delight they, of a human being, right? And when they're and when they're not, when they're they get a little annoying. That's that's they're still delightful. They are, they're still delightful. They're still totally delightful. But it's also, I mean, that's why we need like that's why we need more people yeah, around you need to, them. Yeah, pass them off to the next auntie because they got more energy than all of us adults like fucking combined. Um, anyway, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's it's wild because um just like yeah, sort of pondering the ways in which that we are separated from one another. Um, isolated from one another, like mm-hmm. in society, and then and then sort of like burdened with all of these things that would be so much easier to bear if we could come together collectively. And then this pandemic showing us how intensely it can, it, it, it like how intense those lack of supports are in terms of like maintaining your actual health and your ability to be alive is is like really concerning. Well, and also you know again, and I think you know we're sort of we see all these sort of QAnon mm-hmm. like losers and you know all these convoy of assholes and stuff and you know like the way that they've come out of the pandemic is so individual rights oh my God. based yeah. instead of discussing how is it that the pandemic is undermining our capacity to be responsible to one another yeah and again like it really just really demonstrates the limitations and the inherent white supremacy of a white or a rights-based discourse yeah right? because like i have these about, rights I, yeah. let me exercise my freedoms but like again what's the end game what does yeah, that what look is, like when yeah. everybody's doing that? Yeah, your individual rights mean that you can go and make everybody sick and be a huge asshole and do whatever you want and treat people however you want, and for what? And is what is that going to give you? What kind of what kind of like joy? What kind of like what kind of support? What kind of like? Well, the thing is, it's like a lot of people probably do get joy out of that, right? Oh, it's no doubt that power. It analysis. is a power trip. But in the but, end, you're still going home 
to yourself yeah. <laughs> like and being unhappy like a sad bastard yeah i don't know yeah don't know. so well. yeah so anyway that is to say my little pony <laughs> <laughs> yes yes this was all a very well planned out um intro to my little pony yeah my little pony um it's an acid trip of a show to be perfectly it honest is, it i is remember wild. yeah sort of you know caretaking your kids and <laughs> when they were really into it and just being like i want to watch so much of this yeah because yeah. Like I am, I am becoming completely on board for my own understanding of reality right now, and I'm very into it. However, this episode uh, really went in directions oh. that I wasn't expecting going into it. But as soon as it started happening, I was like, "Of yeah, course, of course it did." <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's wild. So a horse, of course, a horse, of course. 2018. You know, we've been talking on this podcast for a while about sort of how the ebb and flow of representation and how it, it was getting a little bit better and how it is certainly not getting better now. And, you know, uh, and, you know, and if we're going to, My Little Pony or <laughs> MLP, if uh, we will, uh, is any indication it just tanked. Yeah. It has oh gone gosh. to the molten center of the earth at and, this point. And so this is, this is also a limitation in the, in the, you know, the idea that education is going to free us. Education is or, or we just need to wait for the next generation. Like, right? we need to wait for these old people to die out. Yeah, yeah. No, it just Which is something are... I've been hearing since I was a kid. Right? Right? And the stereotypes just keep getting passed down. That's the part. It's, yeah. it's, these are intergenerational stereotypes. We can't... It's not It's not confined to a single generation that is going to magically die and then the, the ideas die with them. It doesn't. This is an oh. enduring imaginary. So this is um, season one, episode 20, 21, uh, called Over a Barrel. And in this episode, the main six and Spike uh, separate and are caught in a dispute between West, uh, Western Town's settler ponies and the native buffalo herd. So we're like, yeah, this is like right up our alley, right? Yeah. Um, but okay, so yeah, it's it's twenty minutes of absolutely frenetic. Thank God, it was only action. twenty minutes. Honestly, I'm so exhausted. I could barely, I could barely keep up. And and yeah. I know, like, I, I again, I think this is just like an attention span thing. But like, wow, it's just so much is going on at once. And and the the um, the delivery of the dialogue is so fast. Like, yeah, it's super fast. Uh, there's a lot of sort of react. Yes. Uh, so it, <laughs> like, it, it feels very discordant when you're watching it. Oh, it's wild. Uh, and it's also just wow. Like the racism. Ooh. Like, it, it is incredible. We didn't, we didn't watch through the credits, but if they did, if they had any indigenous consulting <sighs> on this, I would be shocked. I, and, and they wouldn't have listened to them. Like they couldn't. Oh have. no, absolutely not. Yeah. It was like, it was that con it was university style consultation at best. If there yeah. was any. Ouch. So, uh, <laughs> university style consultation. <laughs> All right. So right, wait, where's the foghorn sound? <laughs> <laughs> so we start off, there's train tracks across this prairie, yeah. but, it's, but of course it's Simple the imaginary, progress. it's the imaginary prairie, right? It's the, it's the same yeah, sort, it's of sort of like, like that desert wild west yeah. sort of prairie, you know, like, pastiche yeah it's yeah. it's it's always wild um and so there's uh but there are these like ponies hauling the 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 train yeah, so Chelsea like, corrected me I was like oh horses are pulling the train Chelsea was like no it's ponies. it's gotta be ponies right <laughs> I don't think yeah so they're they're like dressed like conductors or whatever I, I think yeah. that's interesting so there's like a working class there's, like, some horsepower I haven't watched you a lot of this is like the first My Little Pony I've watched since my my older kids were younger so uh, but okay. I think okay. this is interesting. You know, there's there's working class because we're we, we're never introduced to the, the the ones that are hauling it. No. You know, and and the passengers are ponies themselves. Yes. Uh, but then we yeah, have this like it's weird. Yeah. It is. So we ha we we meet Applejack who has this like um sort of like stereotypical accent like Appalachian yeah, down accent. home sort of yeah. yeah. Um, and she's like from Appalachia. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And uh, so she's reading a book. 
uh, a bedtime story turns out to an apple tree. Right. Whose name I can't remember. The apple tree. Tree. That was actually, I think, probably my favorite part was how much they all love this apple tree. Yeah. And particularly Applejack and treats it like an actual being worthy of respect and a name. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the closest I get. But that, like, that whole potential intervention completely dies later. And it's sort of, it's sort of played as this kind of, like, a joke centric yeah. uh you know idiosyncrasy instead of like why are you treating it like a human or not a human or a pony, pony. A pony yeah, yeah 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 um so they've got like the sleeper car for the tree and they're taking the tree to um her appaloosa relatives uh as a gift and uh some of the other ponies are mad because they're they're all like stacked on top of each other in a different car yeah yeah super gave me uh some like a hot vibes i don't know if that was like an intentional easter egg for any adults watching the show my guess is Yes. <laughs> because what? that movie is iconic. Which, which? Some like it hot. Oh, oh yeah, you, you, you mentioned that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when she's like yeah. playing her ukulele and like walking up and down the train. Oh my I was God. like, this is awesome. Um, also, I love trains. Like, honestly, like, so I don't drive. Um, I can't afford a car and I also just hate driving. And uh, I get sick on a lot of, like, I get sick when, I, when I'm in a vehicle. Uh, hate flying. Trains, you could like, my, my dream uh, is just to like be on trains. Like I would oh, travel by train it's everywhere. So dreamy. It is the My, best. The only train. So I actually no, that's not true. I've done three sort of like train train rides in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, one to and from Portland to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, one uh, from the U.S. border to New York City, which was like not that exciting. But one that I did with Yas Morgan, where we went from Montreal to Halifax, oh, and like amazing. I. Yeah still think about that yeah 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 it was amazing and we didn't have like a fancy sleeper car we right. just had like the seats or whatever but yeah. it was just like and i know i shouldn't feel like this as a as <laughs> a member of a people who were completely fucked over by the i know the i know it feels a little like traitorous to love I trains know, but i do i absolutely i know i do i think like, it's the I best love, way to travel i love hearing this train whistle in the night yes. on the prairie or and, in the mountains and it just like rocks i love you to seeing sleep. them oh you know, I even I even don't mind waiting when you're like at a crossing yep, and you yep. got that long ass like 170 car train. Yeah. You know, I just I just they're so great. I love it. And uh, I took I took a sleeper car. I got a sleeper car once because oh I was working God. at this law firm, so they were paying for it. Uh, to to Moncton. Was that the best sleep you've ever had in your it, life? What absolutely it was because it like literally like just rocks you to sleep. Oh, that's all so I great. We get to Moncton. There was so much snow that they'd like, they'd actually had, uh, it was one of the biggest snowstorms of, of the century or whatever. And they had, um, they had to like bring these bobcats in and clear the roads. And it was piled up like eight meters on either. You literally could not see. It was like this weird little path in the snow. So we were like, we um, were in this like rental car going through there. And it was just like, it was like being in a snow labyrinth. And so I never actually got to see Moncton. We just did like these meetings and it was just snow. And I mean, I just assume that Moncton is just various big giant signs that say Irving. <laughs> so it, was, it was so cool. But yeah. Anyway, love the trains. Don't love how the trains came to be on the planes. No. Uh, at all. But so or they, even how the trains are currently run. Oh my God. And also Absol- all the love to people who fuck up, blockade, yes. sabotage, or otherwise disrupt train activity. Yes. Our love for trains should not be read at all as a disapproval of people who do not love the trains and who use train infrastructure against the state because um, that is even better. In fact, we love trains more because that is possible. 100%. <laughs> 100%. If I was on a train and then there was like a blockade and everybody was like, this train is stalled for seven hours, I'd be like, ha! Time to party. Love it. Time more train party. time for me. <laughs> so uh, it's night. 
Uh, there's, yes. Okay. So yeah, back to the show. Yeah. There's a bunch of a bunch of talking. Yeah. Uh, not that important. In the morning, uh, they hear some thunderous sounds and they see buffalo yes. running alongside them with feathers. Indian in their, buffalo. Yeah, Indian buffalo. They've got like feathers in there. Yeah, they mid- they literally do. Just in case you weren't like totally clear on, on the metaphor, would, yeah. which I you know the show's for five year olds. It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the interesting thing is that the five-year-olds may not understand that buffalo are supposed to be a metaphor for indigenous people but they will understand it if the buffalo have feathers in their fur but honestly it works right because that, because that imaginary so, gets passed down it's so embedded in. yeah it, it is so baked in i think that's wild. actually one of the things that i found so interesting about this whole show is that it is it's a show that's aimed at five-year-olds yeah and so all of the references have to be super super like but but they're they're but, but like five year olds still have fundamental culture. narrative. They already have yeah. culture. They already have that. Like ah, that it's is terrifying. really fucking it's, bad. Dear listener, we were horrified. Yeah, it was. So right away we were kind of like eh, glancing at each other. Yeah. This is not great. Oh yeah, and one of the one of the first things. So there's the pony. So there's uh these native buffalo running alongside the train. There's the ponies on the inside of the train. One of the first things that one of the ponies says is looks at their uh you know feathers and says i love their accessories oh my god yes i was like oh shit it's the coachella pony exactly yeah <laughs> coachella pony <laughs> and then we see a buffalo calf with a full-on headband so not just yeah, the feathers the feathers and yeah, the headband. it's got the headband yeah. and she's well, doing like amazing acrobatics she jumps on the plane on like uh, on the plane on the top of the train she's running along Rainbow Dash starts to confront her. Oh, Rainbow Dash is like a pony that can has wings and can fly. It's like a little Pegasus. Yeah, yeah. And so Rainbow Dash is like jumping in front and being like, hey, talk to me. Who are you? And I'm going to stop you and stuff. And, and like little buffalo. Yeah. So so the, so the other part is like this, this little, the baby buffalo is like running along the train, clearly on a mission. The other buffalo, though, are like side checking the train. Mm-hmm. So inside, like all the ponies are flying around. Uh, the buffalo are kind of low-key attacking the ponies who are pulling the train, like the conductor ponies. Yeah. The conductor ponies are kind of fighting back. It's clearly sort of like that Indian attack on a covered wagon situation. Totally. Or 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 on the trains. Or on the trains. In the, in the old westerns, too, you have that, right? It's either, it's, it's, it's either like robbers or Indians, right? Yep. And then, so they disconnect the, um, the, the car that has Bloomberg, the apple tree in it. Yep. And push it away, and they um, accidentally also kidnap Spike the dragon, a friend of the yeah. ponies. And then uh, you never see that apple tree again. No, you do. They they plant it at the very end. Remember, she told oh, me. Oh, Bloomberg, here you are. It's my oh. baby. Oh my god, I think I just completely had just <laughs> shut no, off. It was that. right at the end, and it was already so horrible by then that yeah, I get it. You uh, you're, oh, you're, you just Lord. like the eyes were blank. Yeah. The soul was crushed. It's indeed. So the the rest of the train arrives in the town of Appaloosa. And it's like the wild pony west. It's like totally. They, it's it's so fun. It's like again, talk. Think about like that embedded culture, right? Yeah. Like cowboys and Indians is still so much part of the North American imaginary yeah. that like a five year old is going to get it. Yeah, Even the good, the bad, the ugly theme is basically playing. Like they, the tumbleweed is going yeah. down the street. All of these things that the like saloon doors kids are will flapping. have never seen anywhere because they they're you know yeah. westerns are not like um not big right now as a genre of, of film. Um, you know, and certainly not for younger audiences. Rightly so this so. is something that you're passing on in this like in this cartoon format it's just like it's so it's so baked into the cultural imaginary it's like i just i can't get over it like i we've seen it before but like seeing it like this in a relatively new like cartoon is is is, is, it's actually quite disheartening children i think this is 
Yeah, I'm thinking we did Brave Star. Oh, we did Lilo and Stitch. Lilo yeah. and Stitch is for the young ones. But yeah. Lilo and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch is did not, some boundary pushing. Yeah, and it's not based on so many tropes. Exactly. Like, this, this was like it just entirely tropes. And that and, and in a very compressed period of time. Yes. So <laughs> we, we find out that the town Appaloosa was just built last year. Yeah. Which I kind of like that because like there's this, this sort of like... Um, you know, uh, settlers have this bad habit of being like, you know, uh, my 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 family has been here for like five generations, and thinking that that's like a big yeah. deal. And and, and on. yeah, like so what, right? But I like that it was built last year. Yeah, their but, tavern. But that's also like they that's never unpacked at all. Oh, I never I, investigate that. Yeah, it's it's just it's been here since last year. We worked really hard, yeah. and so now we have this sense of possession over this exactly. area. Yeah, because we worked hard, and that is the settler narrative, right? Yeah. If you this work idea hard, of labor, you build something, and and so like under settler colonialism, certain types of labor are worth be like are 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 foundational. You can become like you become a settler, you become part of that that like structure, but other labor is not valued at all. Well, it's interesting too, and by interesting, I mean like very obvious <laughs> that this happened. Uh, is that sort of there? There's these two camps, right? You, so you have the settler camp, and the settler camp is characterized by this idea of labor, by this mm -hmm. idea of working the land, of having built structures, yeah, um, planting trees, yeah, being here to yeah. stay. And so there's a sense of entitlement there. And then on the buffalo, like the Indian buffalo side, there's no indication of any labor ever happening. There's no, no they just want to run wild and free. They just want to the run wild thing. and free. And the only sort of indication of like why they may, you know, have claim to a specific space is my father and his father before him right. and his father. And it's like played off as like very boring, pedantic. Yeah. Like when we get sort the, of yeah. not super relevant. Yeah. This is like the chief, uh, chief Thunderhooves later on. Mm. We'll get to him in a second, but uh, yeah, he's explaining like, yeah, he's kind of going back through his ancestral line of like the, the sacred things that they do, but yeah. It is like uh, even yeah, the other buffalo even are the other buffalo are yawning and yeah. falling asleep and yeah. yeah, which is which is interesting actually because yeah, often settlers sort of invoke this like long period of, of occupation as though it's meaningful in in the face of like indigenous priority. But anyway, yeah. well, so and like, also just you know the never mind, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay, all right. So I, I like there were some funny little things in there. Like they have a tavern called the Salt Block. Yeah, that's um, pretty funny. They have horse-drawn carriages, so and they take turns drawing each other, and then they yeah, have the horse-drawn horse drawn carriages. Yeah, so they have, they have like, horse-drawn horse-drawn carriages. Yeah, but yeah. they're like. I they're ponies who are drawing horse-drawn carriages. Anyway, yeah, and then they have the, the Wild West dances and the Mild West dances. Oh, yeah, that was re yeah, really good. It's a really good wordplay, uh, yeah. which is what I remember from the, like, I don't know, three other episodes I've seen. Okay. Like, I remember yeah. actually thinking it was pretty funny a lot of the time. And it's so fast. Like, so, I, yeah. I mean, those things, I feel like those Just things quip, are... quip, quip, They're always written in so the adults watching this stuff over the kid's shoulder or whatever don't, like, die of boredom. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, totally. I, I do appreciate that, honestly. Big, big shout-out to Shrek. For doing that oh for my gosh people. oh my gosh yeah okay so uh, so oh, see the oh my god actually the other thing that i wanted that we totally went past okay. was um so rainbow dash the yeah. pegasus pony is talking to the baby buffalo yeah and uh the baby buffalo keeps getting the better of rainbow dash and rainbow dash literally says to this baby buffalo you're pretty quick for someone so bulky right which like i my jaw dropped i, I couldn't believe, well for one thing like visually she was like smaller than rainbow dash yeah like what what yeah so what? 
But that was a weird again, well, thing no, to say. It was a weird thing to say, but it also to me really fed into stereotypes of indigenous women, like the idea of the indigenous drudge yeah. being like very large bodied, slow, not very smart, mm-hmm. like just like an incredibly racist trope. And then of yeah. course, like thinking about sort of the ways in which desirability politics are just entrenched yeah. so deeply it, that you'd even bring it out in this kids. Yeah, that was that was all that was very jarring, and I I sort of like noted it and and but just found it so weird that I couldn't like like I was like, is that like fat shaming? She's not even fat. Like, like what what is yeah, happening? This here? I, yeah, this idea that sort of like this is what the indigenous body is, and yeah. like you can't imagine it being like besting a white body right and you're, or it's like, like you're so articulate you know, that kind of yeah, yeah absolutely Jesus Christ. anyway uh, that yeah. like the, like i think that was the moment where i was like this is unsalvageable and and here's the thing <laughs> and this was like three minutes in and and here's the thing right this is a 20 minute cartoon like and so everything is intentional everything is important mm. every every word that you use every symbol every every like image you show has to have some meaning because you have so little time to pack that in so that that making the cut is like it had a purpose. God knows, like wild, wild. Yeah. And again, it's never brought up. No. You so know? much of well, there's no time to interrogate this stuff. Yeah. Um, so we meet the we meet Brayburn, who is the Applejack's cousin. Yeah. Um, and he starts ex- sort of explaining the situation. He said, uh, you know, these buffalo want us settler ponies to take all these trees off the land, but you know, we we put in this hard work and we feed ourselves and we, we have to take care of our families and this is no fair. Yeah. You know, like there's and Applejack's like, yeah, cousin, this fucking sucks. You have every right to be here, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Rainbow Dash uh, goes looking for the little buffalo. Trying yes. Because Rainbow Dash, so Rainbow Dash was like bested yeah. by the baby buffalo and uh, immediately like, just gets that settler grievance mentality. Oh my God, right? Like no one gets the better of Rainbow Dash. 100%. Like, I'm going to go after this person yeah. on their own land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to yeah. track them down, to make them, you know, be accountable to me for whatever reason, because my pride was whatever, you know. I want to speak to the manager. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Rainbow Dash is basically like that white guy in the bar <laughs> who like, you know, like needs to let you know that like you insulted him, but he's still the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, jump run, runs into Pinkie Pie who has a similar idea but for different reasons and then they end up okay here and this is the wild thing so they end up surrounded by buffalo all of a sudden yeah. and as soon as the buffalo appear we hear drums and rattles at yeah. first I wasn't sure but then I was like wait wait and then it becomes more apparent so every single time there's like a like an Indian buffalo showing up um, by the way did they lecture us on bison versus buffalo? No, they fucking didn't. So shut up. Yeah. Um. Sorry that I hate that. I hate getting oh, lectured it's, about it's such shit. a peeve. It's such a peeve. So every if single time. You're not time, from the prairies and you're not native. Yeah, just shut up. And also, if you are native and you're telling me I shouldn't say buffalo, like what? Go go talk to your grandma about it. I don't right. Know. Like, don't talk to me about it. Yeah. Anyway, nobody does that. So there. Um. Every time a buffalo appears, you hear drums, rattles, and flutes. And flutes. And, I know. And, and, and it was it was hard to pick up because the show yeah. is so chaotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That like and things happen so fast. Yeah, it's like that, it's like, it's like two, to catch. Yeah, it's like a second of sound. Yeah. As the as the scenes shift, but I, I really started paying attention to that and like listening yeah. to this. To yeah, the, the soundscape is like it really does a lot of work yeah. in the show. And I think again, because it's so short. Exactly. But uh, these are all the tropes that we've been talking about for years. Like yeah. and, and it hasn't changed. Like I swear to God, there's like a central bank of these sounds that they just keep accessing over and over. <laughs> like, not even joking that. Um, Remix. So they're sitting around the fire. There's Indian flute really playing now. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about how they respect the dragon Spike, and he's an honored guest, and they're yeah. feeding him turquoise stones, you know, like really like, and there's teepees. 
Yeah, there's because TVs of course around, there's TVs. Yeah, because why not? And like the honored guest thing, of course, like so the dragon who they thought was kidnapped uh, turns out was accidentally kidnapped. So I mean, in that sense, like at least like the initial sort of aggression of yeah. the indigenous buffalo is sort of like. You know, they had specific goals in mind. They weren't actually just, like, had disrespect for, you know, pony life or whatever it is, right? (laughs) They're not just, like, these savages. They didn't, you know, mean to. And then also you get that sort of the dragon then becomes this, like, not... They don't quite quite go, like, the whole way on the white god thing. Yeah. But it's pretty... Like, they're feeding him huge bowls of turquoise. Right. And just being really obsequious and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's pretty bad. They don't come right out and say it, but it's it's clearly that's where they're getting it. And again, here's the trope of, like, the settler discovering that the, you know, the savage Indians that they thought, you know, were so terrible are actually... It was a misunderstanding. Just like us. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a lot of just like like us. Like, if there's a moral to the story, it's like, the, the Indians are just like us. Very much, like, in your face about it, too. Yeah. Uh, so, um, then they, they're hearing the indigenous side of the story, which is the settler ponies have taken over the land. We can no longer run on our traditional stampeding grounds. Right. And we, there, that's when we meet, uh, Chief Thunderhooves. He's in a big, uh, headdress. headdress. Yeah. Now, yeah. W- what I do appreciate is he didn't have the stereotypical Indian accent. Like, but he did speak without contractions. Yes, and all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. yeah, none of them can use contractions. Yeah, they don't. They don't go full on for sort of the Tonto speak, but yeah. they also don't completely reject the Tonto speak. Yeah, exactly. Like so Tonto there's light. there's not an accent, but they but they do the exact same yeah. kind of speech. Tontish, yeah. Tontish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was wild. And so the sacred traditions he's talking about. Um, they planted trees without asking permission, and then Rainbow Dash is outraged. Okay. I think I think that Rain, Rainbow Dash Rainbow is Dash actually full white ally. Thank you. Exactly. 100% because it goes from like this this person like uh you know offended me and like sullied my honor. I'm going to go get, you know, I'm going to go get revenge to like oh my god, the poor Indians. Yeah. Like in 2.0 seconds. Yeah. And uh one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this was um a lot of this is boiled down to colonialism is not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, and I get like, this is a show for five-year-olds, mm-hmm. you know, like sort of the, the deeper nuance around this kind of thing is like, you know, in 20 minutes is not going to be something that you can necessarily communicate very well, but you know, they deliberately chose to have this theme for an episode. Yeah. They deliberately chose to set it in a Wild West style setting. They're deliberately playing up very recognizable, incredibly stereotypical and harmful tropes. And now they're boiling down. 500 years of genocide to it's not fair yeah like that is a problem it's it's <laughs> you can do better education for young children than oh my this. gosh oh my <laughs> gosh so they um they want to they want to talk okay this is so this is interesting so the the two sides kind of like meet and um the two like sort of leaders or the or the spokespeople so uh, this a little buffalo um, is it the little, little stone heart, little stone or stone hooves or whatever? I think it's stone heart, stone heart, stone heart and thunder hooves. And then was it the, uh, yeah, Brayburn. Brayburn. So they, they start talking and what happens is that they are interested in actually having a conversation because they're like, Oh, that's an interesting perspective that you're saying. Like, um, they want to hear from each other, but then, uh, what's your face? Um, rainbow dash and then Applejack, Applejack starts start speaking over them. It. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fighting. So like, the non-natives are like, so we've got Rainbow Dash who's decided she's defending the honor of the indigenous buffalo and Applejack who's defending the honor of the settlers. They're just like talking literally over the heads of the people who should be speaking, which is like 
And so, like, no conversation actually happens. They're just, like, fighting and yelling at each other, which is something that, you know, I think, like, particularly sort of on the ally side of things. And I say this is somebody who, you know, like, is in it to win it for people who are not Indigenous who experience other types of marginalization. You could get fucking mad about it. Like, you can't. Like, it's enraging. Yeah. But, you know, like... it comes down to you got to keep your eyes on the prize, which is like if you're going to be confronting people who hold really like oppressive and fucked up views about things, the you know going in swinging super mad is like not going to actually get you anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And also, if you're sort of like like speaking over and just like reacting on what you think is the behalf of indigenous peoples without actually letting them take the lead and guide you, yeah. then you could probably be screwing up stuff that they've been working on. You know, like, there's a thing, there's a a lot to get mad about, but there are a lot of people out there who are doing the work, who are doing the long-term work to, like, address specific issues, and when you just learn about that issue and you go in swinging, and you just start making demands, not realizing that all of this stuff has been going on, you know, like, it's so disrespectful to assume that you're the first person who had this idea and that nobody's doing anything about it, like... And also just not useful. Yeah, it, 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 it often ends up, like, ruining... Sometimes what like, is years yeah. of work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to call out any specific examples lately, but there's some specific examples lately. So like, just be aware of that. Like before you, before you start like deciding to go do a thing, talk to the people on whose territory you're on and see what's already there. Cause yeah. maybe they don't need you right now. And if they, if they do, they'll, they'll ask you. Yeah. And maybe, you know, and maybe your place is like doing sort of interpersonal work with, you know, like, you know, that classic stereotype of like the racist uncle or whatever. And if yeah. you went swinging at your uncle, that's not a conversation that you can have again. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's going to make the whole family uncomfortable. It's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make, you know, and your uncle's probably going to double down whatever like you need to think about this long term a lot of people aren't going to be swayed in their deep set opinions that they've had instilled in them from childhood from mm-hmm. watching my little pony as a kid yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, so you got to come at it be strategic as this is like a yeah. long-term project yeah. for you you know like you got to like eyes on the prize like what is the goal yeah we you know that comes up a lot lately you know like uh especially around thanksgiving go talk to your mm-hmm. racist uncle bob you know like and cut cut your family out and stuff mm-hmm. when you when you like alienate your racist uncle bob Uh, completely and cut off your family whose labor is now required to go like deal with their behavior it's not yours and also where where will they turn when they want to learn more they're gonna go back on facebook and have a bunch of people tell them that you're like a liberal snowflake (laughs) right like and that's not to say like i'm not you know like obviously there are situations where family is just toxic and you need to cut them off like and and that's valid but i think like the, the deeper work um, that we need to do within our own networks is is like address those people who we are in relation with who have harmful views and who do harmful things like um, in a way that like Molly's saying is like sort of more long term and strategic because like you, you you have more than one shot. This is not a stranger. Right. But like if I want to like convince my dad of something, you know, um, I can't just go like say the things I want to say. I got to <laughs> I got to go in there strategically and be like, hey. Uh, have you considered this and like da da da? You know. Yeah, I remember like as a kid telling my dad things, and then yeah. years later, him coming back and being like, "Hey, you know, like I remember you said this to me one time, and it really made me think about things." And yeah. over the years, and and I was, I remember, I was like, you know, this was when I was twelve, and then again when I was like fifteen or so. I was yeah. shocked. Yeah. But you know, this is work, and like we're not really like I'm not really talking to like necessarily just like white people here, right? Like this is stuff that we all yeah yeah in our in our own do. native communities too. Yeah. Like let's not let's let's be real. Like we got we got these Facebook 
uh, relatives saying just the most heinous shit on there, being totally. pro pro oil and gas, being pro convoy, even like you know um, talking about like our our own people in ways that are just really carceral and stuff, and like like we we can't just we can't be like oh this is so good. like we gotta talk to our relatives, yeah, we can't too. just be like they're colonized. Yeah. yeah. Oh my cool. god. Cool. Colonialism. Yeah. Where does that right? get like you? that Arnell Tail Feathers meme? Thanks. It's the colonialism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. Exactly. You can't just be like yeah because okay you may have identified probably the source of the issue uh, a little bit it's a yeah. bit reductive yeah but like but now where is that you're just gonna be mad at them what's the fucking end game guys yeah. <laughs> like, like seriously uh, let's act like we can win yeah let's let's know that we can win and do it yeah oh yeah. anyway anyway so so we get we get the two ponies who are talking over everybody who's actually on the front lines of this issue unfortunately it boils down to Sounds like everybody has good reasons to use this land. Yeah, and and there's a declaration made. Club. We both we both need the land, and I and I have to start. Do they? Do they both need, need the, land? the land? Like where yeah. were these Appaloosans before? Yeah, like, like not 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 like a long time. Yeah, ago, like, like a, a year, year ago. ago. But I but I like that. I I actually quite like that time frame because like honestly, like it's a blip. Like settler presence here is a blip. So let's let's not like reify it as as something that like it has existed for so long that it has to always exist. So yeah. you know. Do you do you really need the land? Yeah, <laughs> and then they <laughs> they stage a musical intervention. Yeah, but like can can style, sort of like Yukon Gold Rush Yay. can can like Dawson City like and and honestly like no no hate at all to artistic folks because like or can can dancers. Yeah, but whether like, or not they consider themselves artistic, because because you know art can be very provocative and good art like should make you know but like. But sometimes people think that they're doing provocative art, uh, but they're just like singing stuff like we may be divided, but we're all hooved at the end of the lake. <laughs> yeah. All this fighting gets you nothing. You got to share. <laughs> it's uh, and OK, to be fair, the song is so awful that. Uh, the, uh, OK, no, my favorite part was uh, when she stopped singing. There's silence. And then an eagle cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote it down. I wrote down. Caca. And then Sheriff Silverstar with this great, like, mustache. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there is a sheriff, and yeah. his name is Silverstar. Right. And he has the fucking mustache you would expect him to have. Of course he does. And yeah. Chief Thunder Hoops, they're like, well, we agree on one thing. That was the most terrible performance we've ever seen. <laughs> like, Which I feel like that was the closest <laughs> thing we got to Native humor, honestly, yeah. in this whole episode. So it's... I actually really like that. And then and then the Chief... Oh, no. Um, they start... So they kind of they're they're kind of getting along, and then I feel like something happened there, that they were, oh yeah, they're. Uh, oh no, that's on. later. No, okay. Then he's like, okay, well we're gonna have a we're gonna have a stampede at high noon tomorrow, um, if if uh, if they don't like. Yes. Yeah. 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 We we agree that the performance is terrible, but uh, nothing's been resolved here mm -hmm. uh, because nobody actually got a chance to talk at any point. Yeah. Um. So high noon tomorrow, uh, which is high noon, is when everything happens in the old west. Uh, yeah, exactly. uh, we are going to stampede, and not only are we going to stampede and flatten the entire orchard, we are also going to stampede and flatten the town of Appaloosa. So fuck you. Yeah, and so the town goes into a tizzy, and this is funny. This is like a montage of them, it's like like circling the wagons, you know. Yeah. So they they first they go and they harvest all the uh, apples they can, and I was I didn't get this until the until they started using them. So um, I was like, oh, they're. It's their they're food. Prepping. Yeah, right? Because they talk about how they're yeah. vegetarians and they all eat, you know, so I'm like, oh, they're prepping, they're, they're getting their food together, right? But no, they're actually 
storing weapons. Yeah, so they, they end up just like horrible. baking all these apple pies, which I was like, oh, again, they're just storing up food. But no, they use the pies yeah. as weapons later. Yeah, they, yeah, they were like chopping the apples. I was like, that's not actually a good way to store apples. And they're making all these pies. I was like, well, whatever. It's yeah. my little pony. No, but, I, I did like for some reason I didn't see that coming because like I, I like I, I was going along with the idea. This is food. And I never expected the, totally. the pies. To, I don't know why that bothers me so much. But it does. It, like, just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. No, no, I'm with you. I, like, there's just something weird about it. I, you know what it is? I think maybe, maybe it could be the sort of, the downplaying of the violence of armed conflict. True, eh? Because, like, a pie, a pie in the face is, like, funny, right? It's, like, yeah. humor. It's, like, it's, like, uh, it's political satire. It's stuff you do, Well, like... I mean, so, so much of what this episode is, is, you know, I feel like this episode actually really reminds me of sort of post-TRC elementary school curricula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you either get the totally inappropriate conflation of things that, like, white children in particular, like, white middle-class children, uh, have gone through and trying to conflate that with residential schools. So, right. like, like, curricula that are, like, um, you know, think about a time when you were really sad or you didn't get to spend time with your family when you wanted to and write about that. That's how Indigenous children felt in residential schools. Or this idea that, like, you know, you can conflate the residential school experience yeah, with sort of, like, personal experiences for white kids. Or you can, like, use metaphor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to communicate what that would have been like yeah. to children. Yeah. And well, because, doing so really sanitize it. Right. Because, of course, like, you're trying to make it appropriate for the age level. Like, uh, like my kids are native. I don't want my kids coming home from school sobbing and being like, hey, mom, did you know that they would have taken me? Yes, I do. Every time one of my kids turns six, I fucking lose it. It is a really hard year for me because I think about that. And I like cannot, I cannot think about it without like just losing it. And and I also agree that like, like other kids, like I don't want their, I don't want their like white classmates to go home sobbing and thinking about that. You have to do it in appropriate ways. Um, that being said, that being said, like, yeah, I, I, I do think that like the, like using it as a metaphor for just like feeling bad about things or not having, having material possessions is really yeah. problematic. And then you get that, then what do you get? You get adults who like, literally this happened to me the other day in, in this like Facebook group I'm a part of, I don't know why I'm even on Facebook anymore, but like we're sitting there talking about uh, Indian hospitals and this guy's like well I've had a lot of really hard experiences in my life too like you don't see me whining about it it's like shut the fuck yeah, I'm up and drop kick you over right yeah like I like what like and not to downplay whatever experiences he's had I'm sure like you know but that like you can't compare yeah. that to you like, don't a need s- to insert yourself into another narrative and then tell other people that they should be like uh you know talking about the good things that happened at that hospital like yeah. fuck, the whole thread was about White people talk about how how much they love that fucking Indian hospital, the Camsdale Hospital. Oh, you the know, one that's being turned into condos. Yeah, while while Native people are like, oh hey, this happened, you know, like, you know, this yeah. this shit happened to my family, and they're like, oh, it was the best birth I ever had, and, and you know, this this uh, two sidesism shit where they're like, oh, let's hear both sides, yeah. like, okay, but you're literally telling Indian people, like Native people, to stop talking about it because you just yeah. want to hear the good stuff. And also, can we talk about how they're building condos oh out my of that God. building? Talk about the most who? haunted, like who? who? Yeah, would buy that? Like, I don't, like yo. They've been building that place for a while. I we like, ride our bikes back uh, by there all the time when we go to Telus, and it is the scariest. It is. I drove like, by it and learned about this, and I, I'm, I'm like, no, it is. I, I can't. It is haunted. I can't, as I can't even shit. articulate. It just sits there like it's. It's like. 
the worst, like before I even, the, the first couple times we rode by it, I was, I didn't know that that was where it was. Like I, cause it, there, it, it's been like sort of like a under demolition for a while. Right. So it was just sitting there abandoned. I was like, I just got so creeped out riding by there. And then when I found out, Oh, that's the, that's the cams. I was like, Oh, right. Can you, let's who, what? I know. I, I don't know. know. Luxury condos. People like, are going to be buying freaking luxury condos. They, they got to check on what is, they need ground penetrating radar there, by the way, oh, yeah. which there was, um, uh, there, there were a bunch of, uh, particularly native women. Uh, I, I don't know if it was like last summer or the summer before that, who were like camping out on the grounds asking for that. Yeah. Um, and they had like some native men in communities some like leaders who were like, uh, taking credit for the work that they did when they never supported it. Yeah. That was some nasty stuff. Oh but my God. anyway, <clears throat> anyway, moving on. okay. So, uh, so anyway, I think really what we've learned is that when you try to sanitize 500 years of genocide through apple pie, that's going to make not gonna some sit, right? people uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. for reasons. Yeah. Thanks for unpacking that. Cause it was, I, I'm like, how could, I love apple pie. Why am I feeling so uncomfortable right now? Yeah. Um, okay. So then there's like all these, all these kind of like interest, you know, the town is packing up and getting yeah. ready and the ponies who have just come to visit, they're running around being like, why won't anybody, anybody be, be rational, rational and, and reasonable? reasonable? Yeah. Why won't anybody? Yeah. There are two sides to this issue. Exactly. No one is being rational or reasonable. You all have to listen to each other. You all have equally valid claims. Da, da, da. Fairness. Okay. <laughs> so the town... Now that I look back at it, so the town is baking all these apple pies. So they're like, they're, they're putting together their munitions. They raised the flag. Yes. Right? The flag raising thing was very, that was wild. And yeah, and the pie baking goes from like suddenly, you know, like they're, they're sort of kicking these apple trees that the apples fall down. But then all of a sudden there's like an industrial level of pie production. And there is like sort of like uh the, like the militaristic beat going yes. on at the same time. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we're in the, we're in the Buffalo camp and they're, they're sharpening their horns, bashing whetstone. Yeah, and bashing heads like in practice, and then putting war on paint. war paint with their hooves. Putting on war paint. Yeah, like this is fucking 2018. This is where we're at. Yep. Like I'm sorry, things are not getting better. No. No, we can't wait for the older generation to die out. Like that's not. I mean, number one, like. We, sh we shouldn't be disrespecting old people to the extent that we can only assume they can change if they die out. Yeah, we like, need we need the we need the older and okay, let's talk about let's talk about elder hate as well. Right. Okay, so this is like the other coin to child hate. Absolutely. Or the other side of the coin. The other side of the side of the coin because like there's always intergenerational issues. And this is true in, 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 in indigenous communities as well. Like a lot of our stories are about younger people who like are hot headed and literally start wars. Right. And, and all sorts of teachings about like how you deal with that and like how much, how much uh, autonomy should be given to younger people versus how much, um, you know, wisdom is needed for older people who've been through things, et cetera. Like it's a constant tension in indigenous and non-indigenous society. So I'm not saying anything about that, but what I am saying is that these sort of like artificial often like, um, like, in, like really influenced discussions about generational divides like, again, what's the end game there? Like, yeah. what are we doing? Like, millennials yeah. versus boomers. Right. Millennials versus Gen Z. Like, do you not understand that, like, if you're a millennial or you're Gen Z or you're Gen Alpha, at some point you are going to be the fucking enemy for the younger people. And, and like, will you have earned that? Maybe. 
but maybe not. Like there's no guarantee just because of the generation. Some of the most radical people that I have ever met are, are like in their eighties because they've been doing the thing and they tried the incremental change. They tried working from the inside that, you know, and they're like, well, a lot of them like, and you know, this is, this is less true nowadays, but when I was young, a lot of the older people were at, they're like fucking killing Nazis. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, like the, the generation in the sixties were like, you know, a bunch of them were fucking in prison yeah. because they were fighting for black power yeah. or, like, indigenous sovereignty or, you know, whatever it is, right? Like, had to fucking break out of jail, yeah. leave the country. Yeah. Had to fucking gunfight their way out of situations in which they would have been incarcerated for life because they were threats to the state. And we're going to just paint everybody with the same brush as like, though they're all, like... It's not an age you know, issue. It's a Bill power Gates issue. or some shit. Like, right? Yeah. Like, let, let, let's, like, let's laser focus on the people that actually have the most power, the most money, the most, like, sort of, like, who are doing the most harm. And I don't know, like... Well, and also just, like, respect our, you know, respect the older people in our lives enough to recognize that they can and do often change. Like, I think about my grandparents a lot lately. Like, I learned right before he passed that, like, my grandfather, who had been, like, you know, like, a pretty hardcore Catholic his whole life, ended up switching and joining a ministry of women Catholic priests, basically like rogue women Catholic priests, because he, you know, was so fed up with how the church was approaching issues, you know, like whether it be homosexuality Mm -hmm. or women's ordination or whatever it is that he just was fed. And, you know, he was like a, born and bred Catholic generations of yeah. our family, you know, and like it's many no, families. And there's right? no, there's no like, uh, like one way, one path to it. It's not like, it's not like a radical, radical in their youth, radical in their age. Like yeah. some of them were or this like, idea that like you might be radical in your youth, but you become more conservative as you age. Yeah. Whatever, it's just right? like, is a trope. Right. But that it, it speaks more to the way in which like capitalism co-ops and drains you of, of your sort of revolutionary energy more than, you know, anything that's intrinsic to aging. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just, just, I, it is problematic because like, I, I get like that too. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, ah, boomers, you know, and like, yeah, there's like, there's certain characteristics of every generation, but as I get older and I start to like, see, like go through this, this process of aging that I, you know, I watch like my aunties and, and my grandparents go through, you know, where they talk about like, ah, you know, they're, it, it's their, their, their pop culture isn't there anymore. Like the references, like as I make these references with my partner and our kids are like, what, you know, I I was just like, Oh my God, you know, it happens to all of us. This is a natural part of uh, you just sort of like fade out of relevance. Totally. I mean, that's been an interesting thing about now I'm in my like sort of early mid thirties. That's been so interesting and strange to navigate is like, basically I hit 30 and all of a sudden culture wasn't for me anymore. Yeah. It's wild. Like it was both very, uh, sort of discombobulating but also very liberating oh so much so so much so and and the thing is too like um one thing that I one of the critiques that I that I see pop up like and and this is not this is not a new critique I remember like this is something that comes up again and again is you know you got you got younger people uh want to make change they got great ideas um but they don't know what's been done before and, and that every generation happens, right? And then you meet the old cantankerous, like, 40, 50-year-old who's like, ah, been there, done that. And maybe, like, what you're trying will work this time. But it is, what I'm getting at here is, like, it's really, really important to understand that whatever you're trying to fight, whatever you're trying to train, change, people have been doing the work. They've been doing mm-hmm. the work for literally lifetimes. And it is worth your time to go and take a little bit of... Of, of attention pay a little bit of attention to the theorizing that's been done to the kinds of struggles that have happened because yeah. in many cases like when we look when i look at like um everything arthur manuel has written about indian organizing in, in canada 
Um, what's so fascinating about it is he names names and those people that he was dealing with and that his, his, his father was dealing with back in the day, they're still in power or their children are still in power. And so like when you realize that, that this is a genealogy of struggle and also oppression, you start to, you start to recognize that there are certain people who are, you are not going to get through to them. They're not the right ones to be going after. You gotta, you gotta change your tactics because if you keep doing the same thing, generation after generation, not getting yeah. anywhere, like you were doing the work for the oppressor because yeah. you were, you were wasting your energies. Yeah. And it's, and it's both like sort of that interpersonal, right? It's, it's about who's in power, but at the same time, to a certain extent, it's not so much about who's in power. Like one of the things that has been most, I think, illuminating to me as I've sort of delved more into history and particularly Métis history, but sort of indigenous political history in North America more generally is that there are cycles mm -hmm. that we go through. There are cycles that society <coughs> goes through, colonial society. And, you know, in a lot of ways, particularly for the Métis, it really feels like we're kind of stuck on this merry-go-round of recognition. Oh my God. Where, like, literally since the 19th century, we have been sort of fighting for the same types of recognition, using actually very similar tactics in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. then, you know, when we do make gains, they come at, like, really terrible costs that, you know, can actually you know, make our lives harder, yeah. worse. And we're at it again with, it, with all of this, all of this, the, you know, this uh, race shifting that's going on, yeah. people claiming to be Métis. So here we are again, like as a people, expending a lot of energy because we feel this deep, like responsibility to First Nations who are in the, in the areas that these people are making these claims, right? To, to like fight back against that. But it, it's, it is, again, very much about recognition. Well, it's, it's race shifting, but also like, you know, so our political organizations, they've all been in talks with the federal government. The Daniels decision means that we're finally recognized in the constitution as being a federal responsibility in some respects, blah, blah, blah. However, where's our land? Yeah, exactly. Where's our land? Exactly. All of this. Like, like we're getting some kind of, we're getting some service. Like we're getting some services that we didn't have access to previously. Yeah. We can get some funding for, you know, whether it's sort of like, funding for homes or rent support or some tuition support. And I'm not saying that's nothing because that is a big deal. But it could be gone tomorrow. It could be like, gone it, tomorrow. It's literally at the whim of the government that you're negotiating yeah. with. Yeah. And meanwhile, our only land lease is the settlement. Yeah. Kenny's fucking with them. Yeah. Kenny's unilaterally making those changes. What actually have we gained in yeah. 90 years? And we could literally lose it all. Like like that. Yeah. All it would take, all it would take is the, the, the Alberta government just like could literally disband the settlements. There would be a great hue and cry. There would be fights and this and that, but like they could do it. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing is guaranteed. And yeah, so because what we've been struggling for is recognition and not building a base. Yeah. Power. Oh my God. We're like, and it's really, it's really depressing to think about that, but this but is it's, why it's depressing, but it's also like our predecessors, our ancestors who were in these struggles. Yeah had these struggles in part and maybe this wasn't intentional but like in part so we could learn these lessons yeah and it's our in my opinion it's our responsibility to actually learn from these lessons yeah, yeah, yeah. and not just to tread the same path over and over again you know you've been saying what's the end goal yeah right like what's the point what yeah. is the prize that our eyes are on mm -hmm. is it in integration into canadian society is this sort of like minority like faux nation like with faux independence yeah. faux set, like maybe municipal powers can somebody please tell yeah. me what self-government is i don't know i oh. fight for self-determination yeah. to me like that is something concrete that i have in my mind that has specific parameters that self-government does not even begin to approach yeah. what is self-government can somebody tell me is it that we get services sometimes well and, and that's the thing like, like oh. settler, <laughs> settler colonialism is is a structure right 
and the structure remains. We're just operating within it. If we're in like the ant chamber, it doesn't matter if we're in the fucking bathroom. It doesn't matter if we're in the master bedroom. It's still within the structure. So if 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 self-government, we don't even begin to approach the master bedroom. Of no, we don't. But if we like, so if if we if we look at self-government it, as existing within that structure, because it can it doesn't exist without it. Like at, at every point, the Canadian government has to agree. It has to say yes. We recognize that. Yes, we recognize that. Yes, you have that power. If somebody is delegating. Uh, authority to you, you don't have power. You don't because it can be revoked at any point. Self-government, the way that we're approaching it right now is a lie, it is a waste of time. Like it, it provides us with short-term amelioration for some of the social conditions that we're living under, but it does not but build us a future. Yeah, the same social conditions that Canada's imposed on exactly. us in the first place. Exactly. And we're supposed to be like, huzzah. Thank you. Thank you for, for, you're still punching me in the face, but thank you for like providing me with a bandage for the cuts. Yeah. Like, what, like thank you. Thank you for allowing me to choose the color of the bandage for the cuts. Yeah. 100%. We used to be free on the land. Yeah. What are we now? <sighs> oh my God. Oh, get deep We're here. badasses yeah. who kick a, like we you know, like, I love being Métis. I think that we're amazing. We're hilarious. Yeah, that's true. We, you know, I, I truly do, like, you know, no offense to other nations, but Métis are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, possibly the funniest people. I'm just um, But, you know, like, and we have, we have that within us. And that's yeah. the thing that I think that we tend to forget, considering that it's been, you know, 60 to 90 years of fighting for recognition, is yeah. that we also have an incredible history of militant resistance. Yeah. And I think that we tend to forget that, downplay that, or make our militant resistance metaphors for what our political organizations oh are doing gosh. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Like, you can send in the lawyers. You can send in, like, <laughs> mobilize the their, army of lawyers. Right, with their, with their cute they little dog socks. They can dig in trenches of dossiers. And I'm not saying that that work isn't important, but it can't be the absolutely. only work. Yeah, right? I, yeah, absolutely. Not saying that we need to abandon one tactic and only yeah. focus on the other, but right now it really seems like we're focusing on recognition above all else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all anyway. putting all of our apples in the same cart. If so you to will. Speak. Yeah, putting our apples in the same pie. Yeah. So the town the town is barricaded. <laughs> anyway, back to my little pony. <laughs> there are pies in the center of the town. I still yeah. at this point hadn't clicked in that they were they no. were I, I I was like, oh they're just protecting rations or something. Yeah. <laughs> the clock strikes noon. Yeah. And Bong. uh Bong, bong. I love it. And yeah. then the buffalo are over the ridge that we never saw before. Suddenly there's a ridge for them to be standing on. That's true. Right? Yeah, they were like, appears. this is the only flat land. And then suddenly there's a ridge, which it. clearly is. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so the, for a moment, they think that the buffalo are going to back down because there's, there's yeah, something like this. Stoneheart is there being yeah. like, no, don't. chief. And, and he has like compassion in his eyes. <laughs> and then, you know yeah. what? Wet and rages him. The, the fucking, the pony that was singing that terrible song. Start singing it again. Yeah, start singing the, the, the we may be divided, but we're all, but, and, and that was, yeah. no, that's it. You just see, like, yeah. the, 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 the buffalo are like, I can't, I can't. They, yeah. And we're on a hair trigger for violence at all times. Is that right. people? Um, yeah. So Don't afraid. sing. Be Don't very sing. afraid. And they start war whooping. Yeah. They, they war whoop. Really like, there is every, stereo- the only thing that doesn't happen here. Is nobody changes into an animal because they're already animals. Because they're already animals. Yeah, that's the only and and uh, there's no like a, um, there's no sort of vision quest which they probably could have fit in with uh, the dragon. If there. it if it had been an hour instead of twenty minutes, there yeah. absolutely would have yeah, been a vision gonna... quest. The dragon would have become the chief. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Anyway. Uh. So anyway. So they charge. Um. The pies are weapons. The we pies. See it. Yeah. So the the settler ponies are launching pies at the war whooping buffalo, uh, and they hide anvils behind the hay bales. <gasps> Did you Do notice they? that? Yeah. 
Like, so, okay, so, so I was kind of like, LOL, they're hiding behind a hay bale. No, like, you're no, going to get owned. Right? No, but, but, like, so all the buffalo have for weapons is their heads. So they're yeah. bat- bashing things around. And, yeah, the, the ponies hid anvils behind the hay bales. So, like, they... sneaky. Right? And there's just complete havoc. And then, in this, like, slow motion image... Yeah, the, the chief, Chief Thunderhooves is racing towards the sheriff. The sheriff has run out of his last pie... He's basically, he twists his mustache or whatever and yeah, waits he, for the end. He, wait, off he takes hat. off his hat and he's like, he's ready to meet his maker. Yeah, and then out of sort of the side screen comes a flying pie, hits the chief right in the face. And he's down. And which completely takes the heart out of everybody yeah. else. Yeah, because, of course, like, we are such, we're you know, as, as indigenous peoples, once our mighty chief falls, we no longer know what to do. Yeah. We're just like, uh-oh. Like, there were never arguments. There were never young warriors who went off and did their own thing. No, no. No, no. We are, no, it's no. basically Our societies like a were really strictly hierarchical. Yeah, totally. And we could only 100%. do what we were told. So, like, if somebody wasn't there directing us, we would have all starved. Yeah, yeah. just died. Our we chiefs even were basically the only people who had ideas. Would we wipe our bums? No, we wouldn't. No. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of crusty bums happening right there now. In, like, <laughs> so we don't even... He, 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 like, dies in slow motion, right? It's really dramatic and stuff. Yeah. He's just, like, and everybody's just staring like a gas. And then slowly, uh, the piece of pie rolls down his horn and falls into his mouth. And he's like, oh, my God. Yum. This is so great. This is better than anything else we've ever had. And this is actually... Yeah, there's earlier, the metaphor for freedom. <laughs> earlier in the episode, yeah. uh, you see there's a couple ponies that, you know, they go into the buffalo camp. And the buffalo serve them food. Oh, and it's like that's gross really mush gross. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like gross, it's, sort of like green mush, and it looks like kind of like they're almost like flies flying around it or yeah. whatever. So it's clear, you know, that Isn't the that buffalo ironic? aren't living actually very well. Right. They're yeah. They're but now they've tasted delicious apple pie, and they realize there's a better way. And once you have tasted the delicious apple pie of civilization and Western civilization in particular, yes. why would you ever go back to the fly-ridden paste of your ancestors? Indeed. Jesus Indeed. Christ. That's why I wear jeans. <laughs> and, uh, and, and use toilet paper and iPhones and what's the other... Oh, yes, running water, because, of course, like... Oh, yeah, nobody else had ever invented... No, no. Uh, Running water. water. And, and you know, your ancestors didn't come here with Just because water, their water is full of chlorine because everybody shits in it now, yeah. it's still the best. And it's totally fine to empty, like, trillions of liters of raw sewage into the Saint Laurent. You know, that's, that's fine. You're still very civilized. Yeah, the best, the best is when, you know, things get too backed up and so they don't even treat it. No, they just, they just pump it out yeah. raw because otherwise the fucking whole sewage, sewer system will explode. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. White is right. Civilization. Right? Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so, so the Chief, Chief Thunderhoves has that moment he when he tastes the apple pie. Civilization. Truly, and oh, he it, likes it. He thinks it's delicious. See the the biblical references here. Yeah. So the Indians yeah. all it turns out they all love apple pie, mm-hmm. and that allows them their shared love for the comforts of civilization allows them to reach an accord. Exactly. They cut down a path through the orchard, and they are allowed to have their traditional stampede as long as they share the fruit. Yes. And the moral is understanding and compromise yes the moral is that it's fine to colonize everything as long as you give native people a small strip of land on which to perform their traditional activities and provide them with some minor comforts exactly of colonial society there you go and that is the lesson thanks my little pony we have learned so much from you Okay, so 
So, uh, Chelsea, uh, we didn't actually choose what we wanted to rate this letter, but I think it's got to be apple pies. It's got to be apple pies. How many apple pies? All right, how does the rating system work again? Okay, so five out of five apple pies means that this was absolutely the best show you've ever watched. Definitely the best show you've ever watched. That's about ponies. Um, you would show your aunties, you would tell your friends, you would write a review about it for the CBC. Okay. Um, it's not quite the cook'em rating, which right, as right, a cook'em, you have the extra. right to yep. take on if you want, but it is the highest that us non-cook'ems can, can reach. Okay. One apple pie out of five means that it was absolute garbage. You want to throw up on it. You're going to throw the apple pie in the trash uh, and then light that trash on fire and then push it into <laughs> okay. a like crevasse. A crevasse. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And then like pour concrete onto it. 100%. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I gotta go. If, if I could go like a million, like minus apple pies, I would, but let's just go with one. Let's, let's respect yeah. the, the rating system. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one respecting system. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're, we're, we're very respectful of systems that we create. So, uh, one apple pie that was absolute trash. I am very, um, I, I, I actually went into this kind of hopeful. I thought, I thought, you know, uh, the fact that they use the term settler, um, you know, seemed like kind of progression it was not um, yeah pilgrim has that sort of move to innocence vibe to it yeah but settler sort of doesn't except i think settler's getting there now like i You're think right. you know like because people My people pony has taught us anything right so um i i just i hated it so much it was um it, it invoked every terrible stereotype that we've identified over the years it showed um it, it it proved the lie of linear progression because obviously things are not getting better with these representations and the fact that this is baked in like this like like the i i found it really revealing the way you kept talking about like remember this is for five-year-olds this is for little kids right and these are kids who are learning these tropes new from the from the show like it, this is not even this is not a part of like real culture anymore like the 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 imaginary west like that is not something that like kids are really in tune with this is something like that their like grandparents and great grandparents would have would have imagined and thought of like so this is like this this is still what the society is like perpetuating this 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 idea um i think all of that is so in, in, incredibly harmful um and it's done in this playful joking you know like low stakes manner that sort of like makes it feel innocent when it truly isn't and i i like i just I can't like I don't want my kids to watch this. Like I, I'm like I, I'm I'm sort of like speechless at how bad this was. Yeah, well spake. <laughs> Alright, spaketh out. Uh I I spaketh uh the following. <laughs> um I agree. Um I'm gonna give it a one uh as well. I was gonna go for a point five, but then I thought of um the Paradise Syndrome, uh, which is my sort of like go-to when I think of like the worst show we've ever watched. Yeah. And I'm gonna say it's not quite that bad because the gendered, violent gendered stereotypes are not quite as severe. True. However, I think there are some serious violent gendered stereotypes that are brought up. I'm thinking specifically of the, you know, you're pretty fast for somebody so bulky. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that really twinged for me. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give give it a one for for everything that you said. I think like I actually was quite horrified as we were watching this because it was made in 2018 because mm -hmm. it was so like it, it couldn't have been made without these tropes. Like there yeah. was no real content beyond the tropes. No, yeah, like, this this narrative could not have held up if yeah. it had not been sort of situated on the stage that the creators had decided to situate it on, yeah. which was something that is inherently violent. 
uh, you know, they, they managed to completely erase uh, the fundamental genocide uh, that underpins relations between settlers and Indigenous people. Um, the Indigenous uh, buffalo, I guess, um, you know, had no sort of interiority to them, mm-hmm. um, much less so than the settlers, which we didn't really talk about. But you see a lot more of settler life. You see a lot more, yeah. like they have a oh, lot more yeah. lines. They have, you know, you hear a lot more about. You see their homes and everything. Like, yeah. yeah. And the sort of like how their society functions, how they work together. Yeah. Um, you know, and also just the fact that even in a show that is just about, you know, ponies. And so like, obviously it is sort of like these humanized animals in a lot of ways. Uh, there still remains like some real problematics with portraying indigenous people as animals. Yes. Uh, that is not delved into and particularly in a show like this where they're not actually given the opportunity to become fulsome characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for, for, why were they a different species at all? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like personally, like if I, if I was going to be like... I actually didn't have a huge problem with them being portrayed as buffalo. No, I, 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 I do buffalo. I do love buffalo, but <laughs> but, not, but seriously, but that why were they a real consideration? You know? Like, yeah, um, yeah. I just, I, I do. I like. I found it really appalling. Yeah. Like I, I, I was horrified the whole way through. Yeah. Um, I'm gobsmacked. Really even. bummed out that as far as we've come, you know, like sometimes I, I do. I so, like even with you know the new Star Wars trilogy that like stars a woman character even though she's a white woman and even though it really is just a remake of the original Star Wars yeah. like I'm still so happy that little girls get to have that yeah you know but like when it comes to shows like this like we we don't get that like we don't get to have that as indigenous people no you're telling little native kids um you know get over it uh have your nice little path through the trees and you can have some apple pie sometimes yeah and isn't it you know aren't you lucky that you get to eat apple pie yeah 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 you know because that's the best that you were gonna ever get because those same apple pies are weapons that are gonna kill you yeah oh yeah yeah the fact that, oh my god that i think and, and again that's what disturbed me so much about the apple pies is like they're like this delicious food that solved the conflict, but they're actually weapons. Yeah. Like he loves the gun. Yeah. Like he loves he loves the bullet he got shot with. Like what? Yeah. Like that is messed up. Yeah, and especially when you consider sort of like the introduction of colonial food systems and the impact that they've had on indigenous oh health and well-being, and life expectancy. Like, you know, it's, us, it's so clear. You're that, literally killing us with apple pie. Yeah. This, this is a show that's made for white kids, yeah. so they can feel better about colonization. Yeah. Even when before they even know what that is. Right. It's like it's okay, kids, because like we've only been here for a year, but we now we gave the natives apple pie. We can yeah. all agree we love apple pie, right? Apple pie, isn't it tasty? Isn't it great? Jesus, you know, like yeah. And this is still the things people are saying to us. Like, I would much rather live in a society that has, you know, uh, advanced, me- yeah, advanced <laughs> medicine and this and that. Because like, yeah, so we didn't have advanced yeah, yeah, medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all. And this is oh, the, this is the thing that's really been sort of. I mean, you know, this has been getting everybody's go for however many hundred years at this point. But like, in a lot of ways, colonialism has meant that we have been forced to regress. Yes. Like Europe was like the dirty backwoods cousin of the entire world. Yeah. And then through ultra-violence, managed to appropriate all of these other advanced technologies, including indigenous technologies, including indigenous health and wellness technologies. So, like, fucking miss me. (laughs) Like, I'm fucking over... Anyway. Anyway. All right, well, thank you so much for rejoining us after a year. I'm so glad that we got to watch this fun, uh, light-hearted kids TV show (laughs) to get us back into the groove of Odapemsu Esquewak, Kitsugizagook. Matey in space, 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 space. space.